You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 60 with Stephanie Kleinberg. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Heart Food Podcast. This episode is another one of my favorites and sort of a serendipitous connection um, to bring Stephanie onto the show because I had been looking for somebody, not really actively looking, but just sort of thinking in my mind that I wanted somebody to come on to talk to us about periods and our hormones because so many women come to me and they ask me like, you know, my hair is falling out or my nails aren't growing or I get really, really bad cramps or what do I do? Um, You know, what type of, like, should I take birth control? Should I use a period cup? What do I do with all of these symptoms? My period is early, my period is late. And I feel like in society too, obviously it's changing a little bit, but I feel like in society, the narrative surrounding periods can be something that is just this hindrance in our lives when in fact it can actually be an amazing tool to track to not only get in touch with our womanhood and um, our femininity, but are those the same thing, (laughs) but to also just see it as something, as an indicator that everything is sort of uh, working for us hormonally and everything. And I talk about in this episode, and I've talked about it before, that for a time period, about seven years ago, I didn't have my period because I wasn't eating enough and I was exercising too much. And I thought it was a good thing. And I didn't care. I was like, well, whatever I have to do in order to sort of stay this weight, even though it was unnatural for me, like that's what I'm going to do. So Carolyn Banner actually connected us. Carolyn was on another episode of the show, which is in the show notes. Uh, She connected Stephanie and I, and I'm so excited that she came on today. Um, Stephanie is a health coach specializing in menstrual health and fertility. Through her personal experience and a passion for women's reproductive health, she created a diet and lifestyle program that helps women have regular feel-good periods and be their most fertile selves if and when they're ready. When she's not coaching, Stephanie advocates for the importance of periods and shares much-needed information about the menstrual cycle through workshops, live talks, and the new podcast she co-hosts, The Flowdown. Learn more at stephaniekleinberg.com and follow along at Steffi Kleinberg. Um, all of that information can be found in the show notes. Stephanie also offers 
a uh, sort of a period masterclass that I think is going to be running in January. So be on the lookout for that. Again, on the show notes, in the show notes, you'll be able to find the links to all of that. And I actually asked her a couple questions that I forgot to ask her during the show because we just really got into it and talked a lot. But two things that I forgot to ask were um, what she recommends in terms of what you're going to use for your period. So I have personally been using um, a period cup for about three or four years now, and I love it. I'm never going to go back to uh, tampons. I am considering getting Thinks panties, um, which are panties that literally absorb your period. I'm not sure how that works or how it happens, but I'm just curious and maybe getting one or two pairs and seeing how that goes. Um, Because I stopped using pads and tampons, again, like three or four years ago, because for me, the cup is more sustainable. Obviously, you're not emitting any trash or anything. Uh, You put your cup in uh, and then it, you know, all the period flows into the cup and then you just empty it out. You clean it and then you boil it in between uh, periods so that it stays clean and you save a lot of money using the cup. I personally love the Lunette cup. Uh, Stephanie recommends, oh, and I like the Intima cup too. And Stephanie recommends the Diva cup, which is what I started with. And that's a great cup as well, but just do your research, see what you like works best for you and what works best for you. She also recommends organic tampons. Um, so if you have any questions about that, reach out to me or Stephanie, and I'll be uh, happy to answer them. Another thing I asked her is what we can do about really heavy periods or discomfort during, you know, right before at the beginning of our cycle when we begin to feel that PMS. And as is the common response to so many of the questions that I asked her, that is actually perhaps an indicator that something might be off with our hormones if it's like really, really super intense. So I've linked a blog post that Stephanie wrote all about that as well in the show notes. So I'm so excited to get in the episode. Before that, I want to talk again about my mastermind. Um, It went live on social media yesterday, which I'm so excited about. And we are filling up. I'm actually taking calls for the next six weeks, actually, because we're not starting until mid-January just so we can have a little bit of time to get ourselves together at the beginning of the new year. And it's not like January 1st, we're starting, even though I know that, um, you know, a lot of things start then. I'm giving us a little bit of time to just sort of ease into it. It's The mastermind is going to go from um, mid-January to mid-June. And I'm going to be running the masterminds, their six-month mastermind. So I'm going to be running it twice a year. So there's going to be two groups going in. Um, but this is the first group and I am like, I really can't contain my excitement for this because when I think back on my own journey of who I was just 11 months ago, I don't recognize that person. And I've really been posting a lot of my story lately about strength and not doing things that I didn't think I could do because I told myself some stupid story about it that I wasn't deserving or like other people can have that, but I can't. And I thought that with business too, like I looked from the sidelines, you know, upon businesses that I really admired and women that I admired 
if you're familiar with Free and Native's work, you know, uh, she talks about expanders, and I've mentioned those on the show, just people who you can sort of look up to that show you what is possible for you. And because so many times we feel stuck in life and we don't think that we can really move past that. And again, I looked on the sidelines for my business, even though I've always had an amazing in-person private chef company and my cooking classes and all that, like it's always been really successful, but I did want to diversify and I wanted to be able to scale my business to reach many, many people all across the world because I've been gathering content both business content, nutrition content, cooking content, spirituality, emotional eating, all of the things that I talk about, I've been gathering that and keeping that in notebooks for like five years. So for me, it wasn't a matter of not having, you know, the substance of the business. It was like, how do I actually make this work? And I tried for a year to do that. And I made no money. <laughs> like I made some money um, off of that. Thankfully, I always had my, like I said, my private chef thing to sort of, and my coaching clients to sort of keep me, um, you know, to keep me successful. But again, I wanted to diversify and I wanted to really reach so many other people with information about cooking, with information about just having a better relationship with food and being somebody who is an action taker and somebody who gets things done. And I tried to do it by myself. And even though I had like all the nuts and bolts in place, I had an amazing website with all of my branding done. And that's incredible to have, to have all of that, like sort of the visual stuff done and like your own message and knowing who your ideal client is. But then there's also like this online business strategy that happens that you need to sort of have a strategy. And it wasn't until I started my own coaching um, journey with the women that were in my mastermind group and with my business coach that things really began to shift. And again, I went from somebody who once admired and again, looked on the sidelines to these women that I had been looking at and really following their journeys and just being like, wow, I, like what a dream to have that business. What a dream to just like be able to work from home and work from anywhere and just like teach people your expertise. Like what? Like that is crazy to me and so incredible. And I'm so excited about it because now we have to take advantage because now we live in a world of new media we live in a time where we can literally take our expertise and the things that we know and we can give it to the world in a way where we can get paid for it in a way that isn't slimy, in a way that isn't like, you know, you're taking advantage of people, like none of that in a place of abundance where you are truly serving your audience members, serving your community and serving your ideal client. And to me, the way that I see it is like, I would be doing a disservice to people if I didn't do this, if I didn't share my information. But again, we do need that strategy. And now that it's been a year of me doing this and really going full force into it, really sacrificing a lot, really like just working my butt off and taking action because the way that I see it, this is temporary. This is, it's not going to be this way forever where I maybe put my business at the top of my priority list. Um, my goal is to have it sort of run itself one day, but there is a you know a period where you do need to work a little bit more. And that has been this year for me where I've had to say no to certain things, where I've just had to have to really like prioritize my time and my money. 
um, in order to put it into things that will allow my business to grow so I can have a lot more time and money later. And in terms of me being on the sidelines, um, now these women that I like really looked upon and felt like there was like this big distance. Now, like some of these women will be my lifetime friends just because I got myself into a room with them and into calls with them and friendships and help. So that's why a mastermind is so important too, because it's not only like me who's going to be coaching you through these things. We're going to be talking. um, We're going to be in contact every single week, sometimes every day, but we're going to be high touch contact with me and all the members of the group and all of my network and my resources, but all of the network and the resources of the other members. So it's not only just me coaching you, it's a sisterhood that we're going to create where we're going to be going through this journey together. And it doesn't matter if you don't have a business. All that matters is that you have an idea, that you have something that you want to do, that you have a story that you can share. Um, and it matters that you are coachable and that you want to take action because when you have a business coach and when you have somebody helping you through this, you do need to trust them. And, um, obviously there's a working coaching relationship, but you also do need to put trust in them. Um, and it's just so much better when you have obviously somebody guiding you, but then you have these other women in the group who can, who you can tell like, Hey, I'm scared to put this thing out, or I'm feeling like I have imposter syndrome, or does anybody know the answer to this question? And you really create this com this beautiful camaraderie, because again, I will be friends with, my own women for life. And they've changed my life so much just because when I came into my group, I was really the beginner in the entire group, the newest one. And I just really grew so much because of the way that they inspired me. So again, you can be a beginner, you can be in business for some time. Maybe you want to move online. Maybe you want to create a stronger in-person business. It doesn't matter if you want an online or in-person business, you will benefit from the group. But the goal is that All of the women who take the course will, and be in this with me, will double and triple their investment. Hopefully by the end of the year, that is my goal for them with the strategies put in place, which is what I have done. I was already able to make, you know, I went from making like maybe a hundred dollars a month to already making five figures, um, in the business within four months and it just keeps going. And then I was able to, sort of streamline my cooking clients, cut that load in half, and now replace that with my online nutrition and cooking business, which not only is this about money and making money and making it sustainable, but it's also about freedom and autonomy and just doing what you want to do in life and having your time given back to you and not ruled by somebody else, which now that I'm sort of in this world and I've invested so much money, so much money to the point where I could put probably a down payment or two on a house, um, to me, it doesn't matter. Like that's not even a thing because I would rather work a little bit more and put my resources into mentorship and coaching so that I can have the life that I want maybe, you know, in a couple years. I mean, I love the life that I have now, but I'm just talking about like, having the home that I want, having the family that I want, which like baby steps, it's getting there. Um, but I'd rather do that and like sort of like pull my resources of my time into building the business um, and maybe taking, um, you know, more time for that versus 
taking all that money and maybe putting it into a home that I have to support doing something that I really hate. And that's what I see happening out there. And if that's you, and if you love that, like, and if you feel good doing that, that's great. But for me, I just know that like, I would not be happy doing that. So I've chosen something else. And if you want that for you, if you feel that inside of yourself, be sure to reach out to me. The application is going to be up by this point. It is in the show notes and it's also in my Instagram profile. So it's official guys, it's happening. Um, and I can only take five other women right now. So NTPs, health coaches, people who work in health, people who want to work in health. I don't care what type of business you have, you belong in here. If you are somebody who's an action taker, wants to get stuff done and wants to change their life. So after rambling about this, let's get into the episode with Stephanie Kleinberg. Um, You guys, she was so amazing to talk to. This is the first time we ever talked and then we stayed talking afterwards. Like I know she's going to be my friend for a long time. So be sure to reach out to her if you want to do any of her programs. And if you want to work with her, everything is in the show notes. So be sure to look there. And I hope you guys really enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for coming on the show today with me, Stephanie. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here, Ashley. Thank you. Of course, it's my pleasure. And like I was just telling you, you know, I had been sort of planning out the next few interviews that I wanted for the show and really thinking that I wanted somebody to come on to talk about periods and why they are such an amazing tool for us to sort of get to know ourselves, for us to um, cycle through different things throughout the month. And you actually reached out to me um, because of our mutual friend, Carolyn Banner, um, who I love. Uh, (laughs) Me too. She's awesome. and Best friend. Yes, she's amazing. And um I'll put her episode in the show notes too, because she was recently on the show as well. Um, But yeah, let us know what you do now and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. So um, I am a women's health coach. I specialize in menstrual health and fertility. So I work with women who have any sort of, you know, cycle irregularity, missing periods, irregular periods, painful periods, heavy periods, um, cycle disorders like PCOS, and also any fertility challenge. So, you know, not being able to get pregnant, not being able to stay pregnant, things like that. And I really got to this work through my own experience, like many of us in this field. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in my 20s, right out of college, I was working in the fashion industry in New York City. And I was, you know, kind of like living the life, really busy, um, doing my dream job, also following all of the health advice that I was hearing all around me. So, you know, eating a low fat diet, um, exercising a lot. And so when I was this? I had, Just out of uh, curiosity? Yeah, this was about 10 years ago okay, or 12 yeah. years ago. And so um, I thought I had the health thing all figured out. And then at some point I stopped getting my period. And I was like, for a while, I just kind of ignored it because, you know, great. I'm not getting a period. Such a common thought. Awesome. Yeah. And then at some point I was like, wait a minute, you know, my body is supposed to be having a period. And if it's not, then that's probably telling me that something is not right. 
Um, and so I went to the doctor and she was just like, okay, um, you probably are never going to get your period back. You forced your body into an early menopause. Um, just like, whoa, what? You yeah. know, here I am thinking that I really was like following all the rules when it came to health. And then this, you know, really important piece of the puzzle just wasn't working. Um, and so at that point, you know, I said, okay, well, you know, is there anything I could do? She's like, well, if you feel better bleeding, you could get on the pill. And that for some reason just did not resonate with me. I was like, but is that going to heal? Like what happened? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm young. I just couldn't accept that. Um, so I said, all right, I'm going to figure this out on my own. And, um, yeah, at that point just made, you know, that was the introduction to me making a lot of changes, coming home to myself, trading in, you know, yoga for running five miles before work, mm. um, completely eating in a different way, learning to love myself, um, you know, all the things. I love and, that. And, and part of that was enrolling in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and becoming a health coach. And that's where I learned so much about my body and my hormones. And I said, well, you know, this has been so big for me. I want to share it. And so that's um, what I get to do now. And did you switch careers completely? Like, did you completely get completely. out of the fashion? Yeah. I did. I did. I did. And there are days that I miss it. I do. Yeah love that world and, and, you know, parts of it and, and my team there that I worked with. But um, I really like this, this is my dream job. Yes, it sounds <laughs> so, like yeah, it. I, I can, I can really feel that. And it's just so interesting to me, how interesting and disconcerting sometimes how um, we can be led so far astray by, you know, typical medicine. Um, I had digestive issues like my whole life. I only pooped like literally once every 10 days or once a week for like 24 years. Wow. And so you can imagine like how uncomfortable that is. Um, and I went to doctors and gastroenterologists and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you just need to take this medication Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. see a registered dietitian who told me that the paleo diet, which was, which I was sort of researching at the time as a healing modality, they were like, oh, it's a fad, you know, you have to eat, basically telling me to eat all these whole grains and and (laughs) dairy and fiber one and all of this stuff. And um, in doing the opposite, I really healed myself. And I sort of come from that place, too, where I was able to take it into my own hands. And that can be so powerful and then create that passion for, you know, really helping others. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. From our own experience. Yeah. And I, and I relate to that too. You know, aside from my cycle issues, Mm -hmm. I also had digestive issues. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's one of the most uncomfortable things to deal with. It is. Especially like (laughs) traveling and like, I'm like, man, if I don't go for one day now, I'm like, you know, it just doesn't work for me. Um, yeah, you feel off. Amazing. Yeah. So turn around. Yes. So tell us how and why periods are more than just like this annoying thing that Mm. comes to us every month because I think that that's been sort of the narrative around it and I've been part of that narrative too like oh here it comes so annoying 
So talk to us how talk to us about how we can embrace that and maybe sort of change our mindsets around what that means for us. Yeah, I love that question. Thank you. Um, our period is just one part of a month long process, the menstrual cycle. And the menstrual cycle is a hormonal process which prepares our body for a possible pregnancy. Um, you know, not everybody's going to relate to that part. Not all of us want to get pregnant, and that's fine. <clears throat> but um, our bodies have this ability to create life. That's the process that it goes through, and the period is just one piece of that process. And so when we bleed each month, it's really showing us that the process is working. Our body is working. Um, our hormones are in order. So really when your, your period shows up, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's your body saying, okay, all is well. I feel like a safe place to create life. I feel like safe place where my hormones are in balance and um, I'm making what's supposed to happen happen in my body. So really it is an indicator. Um, you know, one of the things the menstrual cycle recently has been deemed a vital sign. And so that, that, that really is the beauty in it. It's that, um, this is what my body's supposed to do and it's doing it. Mm. Um, on the other hand, you know, if that's not happening, it's not happening regularly or, you know, in a way that feels normal or regular to you, then that's, that's an indication that there might be something off in your body. So, um, I think the idea is, you know, instead of when your period arrives, like, oh, this again, which I completely understand there are definitely aspects of our period that are inconvenient. But instead, great, things are working. You I know? love that. Yes. And I feel that way about it now. And I'm like, oh, thank God it's here um, <laughs> again, you know. And something that I see as well is I have people that I know perhaps that have lost their period. And mm -hmm. I lost my period for a while as well. Oh, wow. Um when I was 26, I'm 33 now, when okay. I was running a lot, mm. uh, a one hour of running every single day. And I would love to, at some point in this conversation, really talk yeah. about exercise oh, and how definitely. that affects our, our periods. But I was running every day. I was vegan. Mm. And I was, um, yeah, and I was under a lot of stress in grad school. Okay. And I was just not eating enough. Yeah. But I was wow. like, it's okay. Like, who cares? I look right. awesome and right. amazing like and I don't have yeah. to have this thing coming to me every month right. I don't care exactly. and and eating and being starving and pushing my body past its limits I didn't make that connection back then that it was so important but I think mm -hmm. that when we tell practitioners if women are going through this we tell medical practitioners or doctors that we don't have it they don't think it's that big of a deal right I know it's so why it's unfortunate. is that? Why is that in just the medical community that people don't think it's as important as it is? Mm -hmm. And there's such a big focus on birth control for either mm -hmm. eliminating it when you don't want it or birth control as a method to bring it back. Those kind yeah. of two questions, but if you could talk yeah, about Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of just the, you know, model in that world. One, there's just not an emphasis on the cycle. Um in their teaching and their studies. Now I do see that changing. I mean, the fact that the American College of Gynecologists and Obstetricians deemed Amazing. the menstrual cycle yes. 
a vital sign was like amazing, amazing progress. So, um, but you know, before that there was just no real talk about its importance. Um, and then I think the other part of it is just, you know, that the treatment focus in traditional medicine, which is, um, okay, well, if something's wrong, then I'm just going to go to this place of, you know, prescribing you something, which I feel really fortunate that there are so many different options out there for those who, you know, might need that type of support or might want that type of support. But, um, you know, there's just not this focus on digging deeper and, and, you know, what we call functional medicine, where you're really looking down to the level of, okay, what's happening and how am I going to fix it? And I think part of that is because it's just a much more um, complicated in a way, um, you know, approach. It's much easier to be able to say, take this and, you know, you're going to start bleeding, which is, you know, I, I completely, when I think about being in that position, that's what I wanted. I wanted to bleed every month. I wanted to have a period. And, and that was the quickest way to get me there. So if you're thinking about, you know, really serving your clients, making them happy, a, a magic pill is going to be the easiest way yes. to do that. <laughs> and that's um, what they unless, want too. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, yeah. And what are the issues with, with birth control that you see mm-hmm. now? Um, yeah, just in general, yeah. because I know it's still sort of this thing that people rely on. And I get asked mm-hmm. that a lot, like, should I be mm-hmm. on this? Should I should mm-hmm. I not be on it? Should I explore other, you know, contraceptive mm-hmm. options? Yeah, so so birth control is used in, in, you know, one way or the other. One way is using it for, you know, the, the way that it was meant to, mm-hmm. to be used as a contraceptive. And that that's a choice that I think, you know, every woman should have a chance to make. The other thing, and this is the part where, you know, I don't feel so, you know, aligned with birth control is that it's used a lot for, in the sense of, you know, masking symptoms or, or dealing with symptoms. And so if we're talking about it from that perspective, the thing that birth control is not going to do is heal your hormones or heal, mm. heal your symptoms. Yeah. In fact, what it really does is make them worse. Over time, any hormonal imbalance will just be exacerbated um, being on the pill. Nothing is getting fixed. Nothing is healing. Um, all we're doing is actually throwing more hormones at our body and making things worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the part that gets me a lot with birth controls that women show up to the doctor saying, you know, I have really heavy periods. I have, you know, really regular periods. I have acne and it's straight to the pill. And then at some point they've got to come off of that and they feel way worse than they ever have, even if they're on it until menopause. Um, Really, I've worked with women who have been on the pill for decades and then come off for menopause, and it's really tough. So that's the part of birth control that really gets me is that it's it's not healing. Um, in fact, it really can only make things worse in the long term, and that's really uncomfortable. On the other hand, using it as a contraceptive, I mean, I have a really hard time saying you shouldn't do that, right? That yeah. is a woman's choice. Exactly. But I do think there is an area of that that, sh- that needs to be talked about more. And that's really, um, okay, well, what are the side effects of being on birth control? Um, you know, one in particular that comes to mind for me is how being on birth control, actually your body um, excretes 
certain nutrients um, like vitamin B and things like that. And so um, I think we have a right to know things like that so we can compensate because, for example, you know, being on the pill for a while, being low in vitamin B, that can really have an effect on your health and how you feel. And so I think there are parts of the conversation when it comes to birth control that really should be talked about. So it's an informed decision. Um, and that, you know, that I just don't see enough of. And then I see women getting off and really feeling out of sorts and um, having these big health issues to deal with. Yeah, as a result. Be- yeah, because like you said, it's really just masking and putting a Band-Aid on these underlying things mm-hmm. um, that we could spend decades sort of ignoring. And I kind of see it as the yeah. same way. You know, I deal with a lot of um, many of the women that come to me are very sensitive, emotional eaters that mm. perhaps want um, to lose weight or get you know, have a better relationship with food that they've been using food for a long time and in a way that is um, sort of destructive to their own like mental health and their bodies. Um, And they just want me to tell them what to eat. And, you know, (laughs) like I'm like, they're like, just give me a meal plan. Just like, let me get fix this. And I'm like, you know, it's it would be easy to do that. And, you know, it would be really uh, fast. And that's what people Mm -hmm. want. People want like extreme, fast, shiny Mm -hmm. But um, but for something sustainable and something that can really, and we can relate this back to this, for something that can really change your life, we need to look way deeper and mm-hmm. sort of do that work of excavating why things are actually going on, which might be harder, yes. which might take longer, might feel a little bit yes. boring at times just to kind of go through the motions yes. and do that. But it is so much more beneficial and so you much. and you get so much more out of the process and really change mm-hmm. as a person because of it. So I think it could be a really beautiful mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. if you are willing to work with somebody, somebody like you to get their period back if they don't have it to really explore what is going on. So for women out there who don't have yeah. a period right now mm-hmm. and who maybe have something really irregular that's happening every month, who's don't know when it's coming it comes at weird Mm -hmm. times what is going on and what are some ways that people can can Mm -hmm. get back to it that are those deeper ways and and more sustainable for the long run Mm -hmm. sure so if you're not getting your period you're not ovulating um and you know most cases your body isn't ovulating in a situation like that, going back to kind of the, the value of periods, our bodies are really brilliant. Our bodies, you know, during a certain amount of time in our lives as women do have this, you know, ability to create life. However, if our body doesn't feel like it's a safe place, like it's nourished, like it's calm, that it's going to be able to, you know, really grow a baby, then it won't. And so, um, you know, again, I I like to give that because I think it's important to understand that. It Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that needs to be our objective. But the understanding if you're not ovulating, right, and that was in in my case for sure, and it sounds like in your case too, Mm -hmm. my body stopped ovulating because it was like, wait a minute, I'm not getting enough food. I'm not getting enough rest. There's no way I can procreate right now. So it turned off that cycle. Um, and so I think the first question, you know, for anybody who's having that experience and not everybody who loses their cycle is in the same 
you know, kind of scenario as we were over exercising and under eating. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think many are, but there are also other scenarios too. But I think the first thing is to ask yourself, well, wait, what is, you know, what is my body not getting right now that it needs? Mm. Um, and so, you know, I think it's about really listening to your intuition there and then thinking about foods a lot of times, you know, and this is changing. Thank goodness. The conversation around fat is starting to yes. change, but it, it, you know, it's, it's a process for sure. Yeah. But fat is a really important nutrient for women and their cycles. Um, so that whole low fat diet that I was doing, like eating all the grains, all the low fat cereals and things mm-hmm. like that, that was the worst thing I could have been doing. My body needed fat. Fat is the precursor for certain hormones that make our cycle happen. So, um, you know, that might be something to look at, um, resting more, slowing down, you know, not being on, on, on all of the time, which so many of us are because there's just so many things right now. And there's this whole idea that the more we do, the better, but really slowing down, um, can be enormously beneficial for, our cycles and and the same type of thing applies for irregular cycles um again you know if the body isn't following that 28 day cycle then something's happening there that's causing it not to and i mean in that type of case i really like to have the chance to talk to somebody and ask more questions. It might be that they're ovulating later in their cycle because of some of the kind of hormones that are building up in the first half of the cycle. It might be that their second half of the cycle is short and their period is coming sooner. And that, you know, could do with other hormones like progesterone or thyroid issues. So in the, and when we talk about irregular cycles, there's just so many more, you know, possibilities that can be there, um, in terms of hormones. But the idea is that let's really pay attention, right? You definitely want to be tracking your cycle, um, pay attention and, you know, really dig in to find out, okay, well, what is off in my cycle and what are the ways to, to really heal that? Um, so it could be different hormonal imbalances that mm-hmm. cause cycle irregularities. Um, and, and it's just important to know which and be able to focus in. Um, but again, I always like, you know, for anybody just getting started, it's just a nice idea to take a minute and to really ask your body, you know, what do you need right now? And maybe it's food, maybe it's rest, maybe it's both, maybe it's support. Um, and just, you know, use that as a starting point. Yes. And um, just a quick question. Are there any apps that you recommend for tracking that you like? Oh, yeah. I like the Clue app. For oh, sure. that's the one I use. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, I really I, I like their interface is clean and simple. They are really into the science. Um, and, and that's important. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to say that, um, you know, technologies fantastic and apps are wonderful and I use it. I use that. It's a great tool for me, but more than anything, we've got to pay attention to our bodies yes. <laughs> because, um, you know, apps are still based on mathematical formulas predicting when our cycle is going to be. Um, I'm really into fertility awareness where we're literally reading the signs that our body give us. And those, those are, you know, never wrong. 
but apps just in case, you know, someone's using it as a contraceptive or, or using it to try to get pregnant. Um, I think they're helpful most of the time, but we do have to remember sometimes, you know, math is, is not a hundred percent accurate and our, our bodies are, but as a, as a tool for keeping track, I, I think it's a fabulous tool. And I, I love Clue and their focus on science and really building awareness around our cycles and things. Yeah. I love that. And something else that I see too is we see that keto is a very mm-hmm. uh, popular thing right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that some women might lose their periods as well because they're not having mm-hmm. adequate carbohydrate intake. Exactly. So I'm just wondering what you think about that. I'm not into, I mean, I love healthy fats. I'm really into getting plenty of fat, but I'm not into drastically reducing carbohydrates to the point um, that keto requires us to. And um, so I'm really not on board. I've actually had many women come to me who have been on that diet Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now are not feeling good. It can really... um, take a toll on the adrenal glands. Mm. The adrenal glands are part of that whole hormonal conversation um, and play a role in our cycle hormones. So it can really take a toll on women there and um, particularly then have an effect on your cycle. So I'm not 100% on board with the keto diet. I'm, I'm much more um, about a balanced diet and and getting, you know, your carbohydrates in from, you know, slow digesting whole food sources of carbohydrates and enough of them um, to really keep your body working as it should. Exactly. And especially if you're working out too, Mm -hmm. um, which this goes back a little bit to my own story because at, you know, six years ago I was doing CrossFit and I was doing a lot of yoga and I was not eating carbs because back then keto sort of blew up and I was like, well, I'm just going to do everything at <laughs> sure. the same time. Sure. And that really threw my hormones out of whack too. Yeah. And so talk about over-exercising mm-hmm. and how that can have an effect on our hormones, even though it can feel like really intense and really good in the process. Like I think yeah. as women, sometimes we can gravitate to those like really hard, sweaty workouts, which right. I still do sometimes, but like in mm-hmm. appropriate doses. Exactly. Um, so yeah, let us know what yeah. you think about, about that. Definitely. And I just want to say, you know, in regards to the keto diet and things like that, it's, it's really enticing. It is. <laughs> like exactly. there are even it's parts shiny. of me that I'm like, ooh, that yeah. sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Right after the holidays, I want to get back in shape. Like yes. that sounds, pr- you know, yes. um, it's really hard to get over that. Um, and I think the same thing applies with over-exercising. Um, cool. I just have to go to the gym or run for an hour and then I get to look how I want to look. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see, I really see the appeal in that. And I, I definitely, that's what it was about for me, looking a certain way, particularly when I worked in that world of fashion and had a lot of pressure um, in, in terms of how I looked. And I think kind of, you know, the idea is, well, what matters to me? Is it how I look or is it loving myself and nourishing myself and really, truly, truly feeling good? Because that place of over-exercising feels good in the moment Mm -hmm. um, when you're on that high, 
but at some point, right, you can, your body really can only sustain that for so much time before you burn out. And then it really doesn't feel good. And then you gain the weight back and then you have, you know, all these issues, health issues to, to start dealing with. So, um, I think that's an important thing to think about if anybody is really in that, that place right now where they feel like they're struggling, where they know they should turn it down a notch, but they can't, um, you know, got to see the big picture and then decide, well, what matters to me? Is it going to be, you know, looking a certain way or is it going to be like my long, my short term and my long term health? And, um, yeah, self-love was a big, 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 important, crucial piece of it for me. Um, you know, after I lost my period and, and decided to really face what was happening in my body, the first thing that had to change was, okay, I matter more than what every, what everybody else is telling me I need to look like. <laughs> um, and, so and so get deeper into that because that's something <laughs> that we, that we talk about here a lot is how we can sort of come from because self-love like sounds elusive sometimes like we hear people say it like oh just love yourself and I'm totally on board with it but when it comes Mm -hmm. to like the practical tangible things that we can do in order to make that happen because some people might be in a place where they can't even say that to themselves for sure and so how does that how can we look at that as a process that um we can get to a place from of to self-love where if we have that intention things sort of fall into place after sort of practicing Mm -hmm. in a way that is um, beneficial to ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's really about getting honest with yourself and looking at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and going deeper and saying am I doing this because I want to or am I doing this because I feel like I need to Um, pretty much everything that I was doing, I was covering it up as if, oh, I want to, I'm like really into health. I'm really, you know, I eat well and, and, you know, I always, someone was always commenting on how healthy I eat and I loved that type of attention at that point. It's really sad. It's like an entitlement, like, yeah, yeah. I do, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, it totally fed into that part of me that, that just wasn't seeing my own self-worth or loving myself. Um, so all of that stuff that I was doing was really coming out of a place of, I should be doing this. Um, and then that led me to a place that really didn't feel well. And I, I hit rock bottom. So it was, it was easy. I feel fortunate. Um, as, as much as that was so difficult, I feel fortunate because it was almost like I had no other choice. I had to make a change. Um, and so in that moment, I was just like, you know, no, this is about me. So I feel like, you know, really getting clear about what you're doing out of, out of truly loving and wanting to care for yourself versus what you're doing because you feel like you should, um, get clear about that and then think about, well, how, you know, is that working for me or not? Is doing that feeling good? Is it lighting me up or is it draining me? Mm. Um, and then trying to create the boundaries and pull it back to, you know, only or only plus, you know, whatever you can control, making it be about you and you being the center of your decisions and boundaries. This is such a big topic for women and, um, you know, totally plays into the idea of self-love is creating boundaries, which I think 
is such a process and, and I think one that probably most of us can can benefit for. So, you know, cut out the things that don't feel good, really. Um, life is just so much better. And, you know, I know you could speak to this too, and I love your focus on, on emotions and mindset, but life is just so much better when we're coming from a place of doing it out of our own love and respect for ourself rather than doing it based on you know what we should be doing because you know you're just chasing something basically that that you're never truly going to fulfill if you don't love yourself first and a thing that we have always had you know mm -hmm. a, a thing that we don't need to do anything and I think to have you know it's our yeah. birthright for being alive um that we are worthy and loved uh but we don't know that and we forget that. And and something that yeah. I want the listeners to know that I always re reiterate is that it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to feel right. shitty. Right. Anything that we do, um, you know, the way that we eat, the way that we exercise, of course, it can be difficult where we maybe put in effort and push ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and that gives us its own benefits, but it doesn't have yeah. to feel crappy. No. To, to love yourself or to, you know, just like in your daily life, the way that you move and eat, it doesn't have to be something that you hate doing. Not at all. I mean, really now, and, and maybe I could say this because I kind of neglected it for so long, but spending time in the kitchen, preparing my food, you know, putting a beautiful plate of, of really, you know, real foods together and, and sitting down to eat that it feels like an indulgence. It really is like a gift to be able to treat myself in these ways. So yeah, I, I would love to see people's perspective change and shift around that, that instead of seeing it as a chore, um, as you said, really seeing it as, as a treat, as an indulgence. And, and it isn't even that. It's just really just our own right, as you said. But it's something really, really sweet and kind to do for yourself, to feed yourself well, to move, um, to be kind to yourself for sure. Yeah, because you can actually be doing the same things. Like let's say you were in, um, you know, a poorer mindset back then where you mm -hmm. think that you have to eat a certain way or you have to move a certain way. If you change your intentions and your mindset, you could actually be doing the same exact things. <laughs> but if they're coming from that place of self-love and a place of like, I just want to feel good so that I can live my life and live out my purpose and feel energized to do the mm -hmm. things that I want to do, to see the people that I want to see, to live my life, then it really just is another confirmation that it comes down to the intentions. It's so true. It's such a different feeling. Like mm -hmm. thinking back to sitting down to that meal that I, you know, is putting those foods on my plate because I had to. And I was like, you know, resentful eating them. Better, yeah. <laughs> Thinking about now. everything else you weren't eating probably. Yeah, exactly. It's such a different feeling. It is. And it feels great now. Um, but mm -hmm. I think that it's a testament to the fact that this work of introspection and of self-knowledge and self-awareness, although hard at the beginning because it can feel mm -hmm. so unfamiliar, it's just mm -hmm. a skill that we can learn um, hopefully with the help of others. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe if you can't afford to work with somebody, even just buying some, some books, which we can talk about mm -hmm. later, and really just even educating yourself um, from the proper sources and following people being on websites and blogs and, mm -hmm. and finding those things out. Um, 
I remember actually when sort of sort of shifting gears a little bit, but I remember when Carolyn was doing your challenge, like your five day reset. Oh, um, a couple, I don't know. I can't remember if it was like two months ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was I was in October. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at her food and I was like that. Lo- I was DMing her. I'm like, that looks so good. Like she was making these <laughs> pears or like some baked stuff with oh, yes, nuts on yes. top. I'm like, that looks incredible. Um, and she's like, it's my friend's stuff. You have to, you know, you have to, uh, you know, get in touch with her. So talk about your reset. And because I'm a big believer in you know, that resets can be appropriate sometimes in this world now of body positivity and intuitive mm-hmm. eating. Um, there is this narrative that we should just eat whatever we want at all times. And that mm-hmm. is self-love. That is mm-hmm. how you heal yourself. Right. That is how, you know, if you just feel like eating ice cream at nine in the morning every day then that's what you should do if you love yourself and I just I can't and I'm a survivor of eating disorders as well so it's hard for me I had bulimia in my teens and anorexia in my early 20s and it is hard for me because to straddle that line sometimes and I've kind of found my place now um, Mm -hmm. after doing this work for such a long time but um, straddling like do I you know, being kind of confused about how I would talk about it at the beginning. Do I let, do I educate people on eating everything and, and that being mm-hmm. okay and sort of having that headspace of everything is allowed? Or how can we come from a place where we are focusing on good foods, but again, with that different intention? Um, so I cannot, you know, fully, even though I do believe in um, allowing all foods at some point, I do yes. believe that at some, at another point, maybe when you're a little bit more healed from your food stuff, especially if you're mm-hmm. coming from a background of eating disorders, mm-hmm. that it is appropriate sometimes to perhaps remove some foods, see how you sure. feel. But there is a line there that is oh, yeah. sort of blurry with no. the world of intuitive eating and what we're being told. So let us know what you think about about that. Yeah, for sure. Um I think what immediately comes up for me is, is that's not self love. Yes. (laughs) Letting yourself eat whatever, whenever, um, can easily go to that place of kind of overdoing it for the sake of just being allowed to and not thinking about how that's feeling for your body. So, um, as you said, I think you're right. in the recovery, there is a period that I think you just need to kind of let yourself eat whatever you're feeling called to eat as you learn. And really, you know, that's kind of like the the piece of learning to navigate food and how, you know, how your body works and what you need and, and things like that. But past that, you know, overdoing it on, on ice cream and, you know, eating it three times a day and you know five cartons of it and then feeling bad afterwards that's not self-love. And I think that's the piece that sometimes got, gets forgotten um, in that. And I've, I've worked with many women overcoming eating disorders and, you know, trying to just the same exact struggle right in front of their face. It's like, how do I allow myself yet um, still, you know, eat in a way that's going to support my health goals too. So there's, it is, I really, you're, you really hit the nail on the head. Um, but I think that piece is important. Well, that's, you know, that's not self-love. Overdoing it just for the sake of saying, I'm allowing myself to eat it. If it doesn't feel good, 
that's not self-love. So I think self-love is that. I really believe in that, like not putting many restrictions, allowing foods, um, and then just learning to really get clear about, hey, this feels good, this doesn't. And then when we have that clarity, it's about making more of those decisions that feel good. And a lot of the times, it's much easier to restrict a certain food group when we realize how good it makes us feel to do that or to include a certain food group. So um, I think it's always about coming back to paying attention to how things work in your body and that you know, that is acknowledging that is, is self-love with a little bit of permission when, you know, when things go astray. Okay. Yeah. You know, next time. Yeah. I love that. And speaking specifically about foods and potentially problematic foods, are there mm-hmm. any, what do you think of um, dietary protocols mm-hmm. for menstrual health for, um, you know, for PCOS maybe? Um, for things, you know, ways of eating that can get us back to being in balance with our hormones. Yeah. um, Balanced eating is probably, you know, so eating the different macronutrient groups, having your carbs, having your protein, having your fat um, is important, right? Not, Not skimping on any of those also plenty of vegetables, um, really plenty of vegetables, particularly green vegetables. Um, you know, and this is all really kind of broad stuff because there are certain hormonal imbalances that are going to be causing our cycle irregularities and even including PCOS, right? Some cases of PCOS are happening, um, you know, at the root is high testosterone. Others are, you know, coming from insulin. Others, there's a lot that can be happening in the body um, that are causing these different irregularities. And, and so the, you know, the, the crucial piece is to get really specific in using food to, you know, either support those hormones, you know, leveling out by coming down or boosting them. And so it's, it's really specific, but in general, as much as we can get, you know, a variety of the food groups on our plate and lots and lots of good, you know, green vegetables, that's always a a fantastic starting point. Um, and, and blood sugar management is really important for all cycle stuff, particularly PCOS. Um, so, you know, again, having, making sure we're getting that protein, that fat, that fiber on our plate is important um, in addition to those feel-good carbohydrates. That's great. Um, And that's, you know, I think that that way of eating is great for just to eat like that in general for Mm -hmm. overall health, blood sugar management, making sure Mm -hmm. you're eating protein, making sure you're eating meals that fill you up for a long time. Yes. So not grazing all day, which is something I used to do. Um, Yeah. You know, I think that that's just really um, important when it comes to all of that. It is. And the effects are like immediate when you have a meal that works for your metabolism, that balances your blood sugar. It's like immediate. And that to me, when I started learning that, I was just like, oh, I'm hooked. Like this feels so good to be able to eat and feel satisfied and feel energized for, you know, three, four hours. That was amazing that was enough to keep me wanting you know keep me going 
Yes. And and to really focus on whole foods to uh, unprocessed whole real mm-hmm. food is just there's so much you can do with it. It can be beautiful so and completely delicious. Uh, yeah. If you sort of have some good recipes and, you know, I always promote like just kind of learning a few basic techniques in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like five things instead of getting bogged down by recipes, because I think some yes. people don't cook because they're like, oh, my God, I have to make this huge recipe every night. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching the new Netflix show, um, The Final Table, mm-hmm. I think it's like this new chef show and it's really complicated the cooking this is just like recently in mind for me uh and i'm like i wonder if this is what people think cooking is uh and that's why they don't do it so i just always try to promote you can learn five simple things literally how to saute veggies how to roast them how to make a quick sauce how to sear things and that's it like you don't have to make a recipe every time it can just be literally cooking things putting them on your plate and maybe adding a sauce or a dressing exactly. and, and that can be it. I love, I love, love, love everything you just said. And actually, when Carolyn put us in touch and I checked out your feed, I saw your meal prep plan and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's the same thing that I do. I love her. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I really, I used to be more into recipes, but you know, now I've got a daughter, I've got work. So I'm about keeping it simple, mm-hmm. but obviously still nutritious and yummy in the kitchen. And, and, and it's about that. It's about, you know, roasting my vegetables, steaming some vegetables, making an awesome sauce, baking, you know, my meats or fish, whatever, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, making it happen that way. Uh, it can be simple and delicious for sure and nutritious too. Yes. And easier and more practical and mm-hmm. something that you can do every day that takes 15 minutes and the payoff is so exponential that it's just mm-hmm. part of sort of, and I'm sure you too, just part of your habits. And I want people to know that, that maybe it can feel daunting at the beginning, but that's temporary. Um, When we talk about sort of shifting gears again, when we talk about people that are trying to get pregnant. Yes. And um, sort of going through that whole process of fertility. Is there anything Mm -hmm. in particular that you just some general tools or overarching themes that you recommend for yeah. people that are on that journey and maybe people who cannot get pregnant? Mm-hmm. The first thing we want to be doing is paying attention to our cycle. Mm-hmm. There's just so much insight that can come from that. Um, and even within paying attention to our cycle, there are different things we could pay attention to in our cycle. But you know, the first being, is it coming regularly? So, you know, ideally every 26 to 34 days, more or less. Um, I think there's a real, real benefit to paying attention to your flow. Um, even, you know, when I work with a client, when I'm getting to know a client, I'm, I'm asking like really the specific details about their period because there's so much that our flow, even the color, the consistency, how heavy or not it is can tell us a lot about what's happening with our hormones. And, you know, in, in the world of fertility and even just feeling good month to month, we want our hormones in balance. Um, so there's that. There's also something so big that can come out of knowing when the right time to try is. Um, so knowing when you're ovulating is really, really important. 
Um, I've worked with clients who have come to me because they've been trying, trying, and trying. And it turns out when we start to take a deeper look at their cycle and understand when certain things are happening, that they were just trying a few days too early um, because they were going by this general idea that we all ovulate, you know, mid-cycle, day 14. Um, So I've had people get pregnant right away once they know that, oh, the day that I ovulate is day 18 in my cycle. So there's a lot um, to learn and pay attention to in our cycles. And the value there is humongous. Even if we are in a place of needing to go into, you know, the doctor's office and say, it's been this amount of time and I'm still not getting pregnant, knowing what's happening in your cycle can really help the doctor, um, you know, troubleshoot and maybe, um, eliminate the need for certain tests once they know, you know, it might be the second half of your cycle that's off or it might be ovulation that's off or you might not have a cervical enough cervical fluid. Um, really being able to go into the doctor with some understanding of what's happening in your body can go so far. Um, so I think really paying attention to your cycle is so, so, so game changing there. Um, and then in terms of, you know, if you've been on the journey and, and, all of all of that is in place, then, you know, again, working with someone, but if not working with someone, just coming back to yourself and saying, okay, you know, what do I need more of right now? What does my body need to feel like it would be the you know perfect place for a new life? And self-love too plays a really big piece in all of this because a lot of women get down on themselves because of this idea. Well, this is what my body, you know, this is why I'm here. This is what my body does. And now it can't, I'm broken. Um, you know, I'm bad. And, and it's very easy to go to a place of beating yourself up, which, you know, never, you don't deserve that. No one deserves that. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for that valuable info. And I could ask you so many questions. Like we could probably go for two hours. <laughs> I could talk forever. <laughs> I love it. But I love all this information. And I know the listeners are going to love it too. Um, one last question when it comes to all of this, if you could maybe just go through the stages of our menstrual cycle oh, and maybe kind of to. what goes on in each of those. And if there's mm-hmm. any particular dietary or movement changes that we should be making throughout. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there are kind of four phases when I look at the menstrual cycle. Um, the first is the follicular phase where our body is starting to grow the eggs. Um, so follicles are starting to grow usually about 15 to 20 follicles each cycle. Um, at that same point as those follicles are growing, they actually produce estrogen. So our estrogen levels are rising. And at some point, estrogen reaches a threshold um, and it kicks off ovulation. And so in ovulation, the largest follicle gets ovulated. And um, after that, it's either you know conception or if not, most of the times, then the follicle will um, then begin to produce progesterone and progesterone will be the building hormone in our cycle for the second half of the cycle and then at some point um, all of the hormones will reach a low sort of come down um, and we will bleed and so during the first half of the cycle where we're in the follicular phase and ovulation we tend to have more energy we also are better at metabolizing carbohydrates. So if there's a time that we can kind of get away or we want to eat more carbohydrates, it's, it's kind of more in that first half of the cycle. 
um, this is the time of the cycle where we can do those higher intensity workouts in moderation, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Not hours a day, but get in those sweaty workouts, those workouts that feel really good. Um, the endorphin rush and, you know, maybe that's weights, maybe that's hit, maybe that's AMRAPs. I do a lot of those with Carolyn and I love those. She introduced me to the, that type of workouts best, um, for what I enjoy, um, running, right? Swimming, biking, things like that. And then the second half of the cycle, um, is when we want to kind of take it down a notch and really focus in on, you know, resting more, getting to bed early, um, self-care, plenty of self-care, boundaries, right? Saying no to things that don't feel good. Um, and then, you know, maybe being a little bit more mindful of carbohydrates and making sure they're really those good type of carbohydrates that are slow digesting. Things like root vegetables are really important. Um, I'm a big believer, and I just talked about all this um, on, on our podcast, The Flow Down. Um, I, we did an episode, How to Be the Boss of Your PMS Cravings, so we get really into detail of all of this. But um, I always love to have like some whole food, you know, indulgent, nutrient dense treat on hand. Um, so, you know, I, the most basic would be just a really high quality dark chocolate bar, but I, I usually like to make something. So I have these truffles that I make these chocolate truffles that I make. Um, and, and just, you know, knowing, okay, we're probably going to want something sweet. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure I've got something on hand that's going to, you know, balance, keep my blood sugar balanced. Um, you know, feed my body some nutrients. Nutrients are important for PMS and, and cramping and things like that. So, um, having something like that on hand, I think is, is important. It, it's, it usually doesn't work when we kind of just ignore and try to think, okay, you know, I'm, I don't need it. I don't need it. And then we end up wanting something and it turns out to be, you know, that cheesecake, which might not feel good. Mm, exactly. Uh, thank you yeah. so much for uh, for giving us that insight because I know oh, that welcome. like even for hunger too, like I always feel starving right before I'm about to get my oh, yes. period, and yes. and I also feel like I have like one day of depression where I'm like I hate my life yeah. today. Like what is oh, going? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, there's my period. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I learned that like serotonin is lower. I'm like, mm -hmm. nothing changed between today and yesterday. Why right. <laughs> Why am right. I feeling this way? But that just is a testament towards how powerful this thing is. And yeah. if we can really get deeper into it, uh, it can be such a gift. So I mm -hmm. really loved all of the information that mm -hmm. you gave us today. And um, I really appreciate you coming on. I always, oh, my pleasure. I always ask the guests just a few quick fire questions at the end. Sure. Um, Sounds fun. The first one is I'm a big reader. The listeners are big readers. So what are some books that you really recommend in general, if you have any books mm -hmm. that you love, or if there's <laughs> any books on this topic in particular that uh, you would recommend for the listeners if they wanted yes. to get deeper? Sure. So in the world of, you know, personal growth and, and self-love, I love The Untethered Soul. I love that. Um, it's just, it's, it could be a real game changer. And in the world of women's health, what I consider kind of like the Bible is women's, um, women's bodies, women's wisdom. It's a book by Dr. Christiane Northrum. I love that book. Yeah. 
yeah, she's uh, she's awesome. She she keeps going mm-hmm. too. I'm she's like she's incredible. never going to stop. I know she's incredible. Yeah, I love how she brings it back to emotions and things like that when we're thinking about our cycle, which is so important. Love it. Um, another question that I asked, which is purely selfish, it's just curious. <laughs> I just like being curious about That's this. Fine. Is if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Ooh. <laughs> and it could be anything. People are like, wait, how many things can I have? I'm like, it's your last right. meal. <laughs> Literally whatever you want. Okay. Well, there's definitely going to be chocolate involved, but I'll save that um, for, you know, dessert. But it would it would be some sort of Mediterranean meal. My mom is Greek, so I, I really love, love, love Greek food. And when I was living away from home, that was the thing that I craved the most, um, living abroad in Argentina with Carolyn, actually. Um, so it would probably be um, some like sauteed greens with lemon and olive oil and garlic and, um, you know, a whole cooked fish and probably, you know, the, some potato that they do. Um, yeah, some potato side. I love that. Simple. Uh, to the point, but super delicious. And I love that food as well. Um, Something that we talk about on this podcast too is spirituality Mm -hmm. and sort of becoming connected to ourselves or something greater. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about spirituality and just like kind of what is going on in life in the world in terms of like, Mm -hmm. if there is something greater out there, what are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that? Ooh, that's a big question. (laughs) Yeah, it can be, you know, it can be simple, like just kind of what your, yeah, what your thoughts are of kind of what's going on here in life. Yeah, um, so much has changed. I was raised Catholic and um, went to Catholic school and and truly feel grateful for all of that. Um, More and more, I see myself getting into, you know, yoga changed my mind a lot. I feel really aligned with a lot of, um, Buddhist principles and, and, you know, ways of living. Um, so that kind of seems to be the place that feels home for me. I'm also very into, um, you know, the energetic field and, um, quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And so my latest is actually, I'm, I'm part of a book club, Um, And we all share that same belief in science and quantum physics and really energy and being in control of our, our life and our future by, you know, giving off that, you know, really connecting with that clarity of what we want and, and, you know, giving off the, the right type of energy. So I think I believe that um, anything is possible for anyone Um, and it's, it's our, you know, one of the best things we could do for ourselves is really get clear about where we're aligning with what we want and and when we can let go with what's not feeling good and, and, you know, what isn't serving us and just keep feeling into what we want and how we want to feel. And I believe we can all get there. I love that. And I have some of like the really similar beliefs as to like when it comes to like energy and quantum physics. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe it for a while because right. I just, I was like, can't be that easy. But then yeah. things started happening, like really weird stuff. And I'm like, okay, this stuff is legit. 
Um, <laughs> but I find that the more that I'm sort of connected to it and believe in it, the more things happen, which is just another testament uh, mm-hmm. as to why something like that uh, works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love it's a beautiful you... way of living too. Yes, yes. Um, and the last question that I ask mm-hmm. is, what is the greatest piece of advice that you've been given? Uh, just mm-hmm. something that maybe had a big impact on you. Uh, and it doesn't have to be like fancy or extravagant, just something that really resonates with you um, in terms of something that you were told that that changed your life. Follow your heart. Really simple, for sure. Um, I heard that on following um, on the table when I was doing acupuncture, one of one of my acupuncturists said to me, it really is important for you to do what makes you happy to follow your heart, your health hinges on it. And so um, I think it, it's not just true for me by any means, it's true for all of us. There's just life is short, follow your heart, it's going to feel good. And at the end, you know, no regrets. I love that. And what a beautiful way to sort of wrap up, even though I could ask you a million more questions. <laughs> um, so let the listeners know where they can find you online. And if you have anything sure. going on right now that they can partake in, or how they can work with you. Sure. So my website is stephaniekleinberg.com. Um, probably we could do a link somewhere because yes. we'll we'll get in touch and we'll, we're going to put spell, we're going to put everything in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put everything in the show notes. Um, and so I'm I'm always working with clients one on one. I have a really um, high touch, personalized program that I offer to women and, and work through with them over the course of about six months. In addition to that, I also have a podcast called The Flow Down. I host, I co-host that with um, Jessica Weiss. She's a journalist, and we're really all about breaking the stigma around periods and spreading the message about periods being important. And we've got a variety of different episodes. We have, you know, the episode that I mentioned, how to be the boss of your cravings. We also have a episode that gets into menstrual history. We share a lot about our periods. We interview activists. So kind of a whole, um, you know, collection of of things in that realm. And then in the new year, I offer um, what's called the Know Your Cycle Masterclass. And so I started that last year. And it really is this detailed walk through your cycle. Everything from shifting our perspective around our periods, learning the real like in-depth what's happening throughout the phases um, of our cycle, learning what to eat, you know, super specific and recipes, what to eat each phase, how to exercise um, and really coming to this place of feeling like we are in control and own and, and love our cycles and are supporting them and as a result, can feel good um, throughout the month. So that is happening in the new year. And, um, you know, I'll be sending out more about that through my newsletter. So I send a weekly newsletter um, out to all the women with with all these recipes, um, words of wisdom for women, you know, what's happening and, and things like that. 
Love it. So we'll definitely link to all of that in the show notes so you can get in touch with Stephanie and work with her if you want to. I'm definitely going to be doing that challenge uh, in January because I would love to to be to learn more about it and to get your perspective on it. Um, But thank Mm -hmm. you so much again for coming on. Thank Um, you. I loved, loved, loved being here and talking to you. So thank you so much. Me too. My pleasure. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.